Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. I'm going to let you go first, okay. but just take the second seat. Good morning and thank you for being here today. My name is Jaden Brandt and I'm a private investigator with Origin Investigations and we are currently working the Elaine Park missing persons case in conjunction with the Glendale Police Department and the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. Elaine Park is a 20-year-old resident of the La Crescenta area of Glendale, California. Based on information obtained during the investigation, we firmly believe that Elaine did not commit suicide and that she is not a runaway. It is our strong contention that Elaine Park is an involuntary missing person and that foul play was involved in her disappearance. Episode 10, Chapter 21, The Forest. In the weeks that follow our initial meeting with the Glendale Police Department, we rent and preserve Elaine's room, and we meet with the detectives several more times to share information. Each time, they discuss going to a judge for warrants, but this division, robbery and homicide, is only four people, and they're overwhelmed. And meetings are often delayed after strings of robberies or local murders that take precedence. Justice, we are learning, is not only blind, it's incredibly small and slow-moving. Bunch to talk about, but first, let's talk about the press conference, because it's already like eight days away. Yeah. I think we should go over the important stuff, like uh, location, Mm -hmm. you know, we should decide who speaks, who we want to invite from the circle and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. After over two months of waiting for some sort of movement from the police, we decide to work on a new strategy, to raise the reward for information leading to Elaine's whereabouts to an amount that would tempt someone involved to speak out or even for the guilty party to take a risk to claim it, and to invite as much media as we can to a press conference announcing this. What you're hearing is a planning meeting with Susan, Rosemarie, and Jeff, and we notice what appears to be a split in the family around Susan. She tells us she will be the only one showing up from Elaine's family. It's a very awkward situation. 7.30 in the morning, my ex calls me, and he was very upset that 
you know, I'm talking about this again and reminding and digging up again. And he just wants everything just go away, the situation. And I said, he keeps saying, if you did the announcement August 8th, and I'm not there, and Dustin's not there, and Grandma's not there, nobody's there except you, you know, why are you doing this? Why? He's the man that started He's not gonna the be reward. there. But he's not gonna be that's there. That's like the worst thing to anything. Huh? He's not gonna be there. I, I know him. And I can't even um, comprehend it. This is something we will also have to ask Dustin about, since we know how much he cares about his sister. We move on to discuss the practicalities of the press conference and the reward. Originally, the amount of the reward was $5,000, donated by Lane's father. Over the months, as we became suspicious about the GoFundMe account, Mike offered to pick up the expenses of the investigation, and a copy shop in Rosemarie's area offered to make copies for free. Based on this, we felt everyone should now be able to contribute to the reward, and we were able to bring it up to $60,000 for starters. In addition, Mike, Anne-Marie, Ingrid, and I reached out to our network to see what more we could raise. And they wanted to know what amount do we feel would be the best amount to offer that would be the most tempting to... Without going too far beyond. Right. Um, yeah. And how do you set a price on That's someone a- sitting out there waiting? Right. You know, you don't want to just give that all away, right? You know what I mean? I yeah, mean, or it's like if, if we're best friends and you're loyal to me, is there a amount at which for someone else? What's, to, what's worth them taking the risk? Right. I would just, 250 is pretty solid. It's a solid figure that would make someone think probably. Yeah. Do we right. think 250,000 is, is good? Yeah. I mean, and that's, then he, that's pretty high. It's pretty for, high. There's gonna be finance transactions because 250, IRS is going to want to know, mm-hmm. you know, how did this person get this much amount of money, right? Oh my God, this is so complicated. This is very complicated. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I uh... Well, isn't it just the same as the 60,000? I mean, right. what's the difference? No, no, because the amount is high, and not only that, the IRS is going to get involved. It's, it's donated money. Do you give the 250 like cash? Without IRS being involved? We can see if they can do cash. Okay. We have to do it cash. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I would say we want to pay you in cash. No IRS is involved. All those needs to be in We'll say cash. They can figure out the rest. Yeah. And you don't need to be legal resident. So we need to put that in note. We decide to follow Susan's instructions to the letter. And in the end, are able to raise the full $250,000 cash reward for Elaine and implement a process for collecting it anonymously. Do you ever wish you could become a detective and help find the clues to the case? How about all of that in a mobile game that you can take anywhere? In June's Journey, each scene leads to a new thrilling storyline. Uncover the mystery of June's sister's murder and find out about scandalous family secrets. The gameplay lets you find hidden clues as you investigate a murder mystery. Escape to a bygone age of mystery, danger, and romance. Let your imagination run wild when decorating your island estate and collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. 
Whether you're craving a good mystery or looking for an escape, you can immerse yourself in the world of June Parker. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. Each new scene takes you further through a thrilling murder mystery story that sets the main protagonist, June Parker, on a quest to solve the murder of her sister and uncover her family's many secrets. I travel so much while working that I personally love to play it while sitting around airports with all that free time I have. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. Okay. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts. After the meeting, Susan requests some help with what she's going to say at the conference. So I draft some notes for her. So tell me how this sounds. <laughs> I'm so thankful for the media gathered here today to spread awareness about Elaine's case. My gratitude cannot be expressed in words. Glendale and Malibu friends and community members have been an incredible sources of support in my darkest times. Until now, we have not directly reached out to the public for support. It has been half a year since I've last seen Elaine. At the Lucy same time, Jaden sets up a phone line and an anonymous email form for tips. He also creates a process for the information to be distributed to all of us, as well as the Glendale Police Department, who we inform about what we're doing. So... Just wanted to um, update you on the on the tip email and stuff. So I finally got that set up. I'll get some of my team on this, and they can help with the looking. Like I'll sort of like get them to do stuff, and we'll just figure out the level of credibility. Anything that's like a five and below. And Mike asks his publicist to help with media outreach. Once all the pieces are in place, we drive to the LA Press Club to make the announcement. Let's just break down what's going on today because I'm super stressed. Why are you stressed out? It's because it's like fucking Ocean's Eleven right now. There's so many pieces kind of trying to come together. Like, we call this press conference and all the media is coming. NBC, ABC, Fox, CBS. Holy shit. Uh, a, I've never done a press conference before. B, like, just everybody's coming. All the Lane's friends are coming. Uh, Did anyone invite Sadie? Yeah, yeah, uh, Susan did. We arrive at the L.A. Press Club. I think Susan, you, and Mike and I get settled backstage and plan for the event. I'm going to let you go first, but just take the second seat. I'll sit closest. And the press conference begins. There's a feeling, as we see the cameras filming and the shutters flashing, that we're moving things forward for Elaine. Yet it's also difficult because a lot of what we're investigating can't be shared yet. 
Good morning and thank you for being here today. My name is Jaden Brain. What can be shared is a request for anyone to come forward and receive a quarter million dollar reward. We have leads that we are actively pursuing, but we are asking for the public's help. Simply put, we need more information. Someone out there knows what happened to Elaine. Today, we are announcing a $250,000 cash reward for information leading to Elaine's whereabouts. I will now ask that some of the people involved in the case take a moment to speak on Elaine's behalf. Thank you guys for coming. Uh, like Jaden said, we're uh, concerned citizens. Uh, both of us are Malibu residents. Uh, the place this is a time-limited reward. It's only going to be available due to the circumstances under which it was able to be collected till September 15th, which means there's less than a month to get the word out. Good morning. Thank you all for being here. It means the world to me and to Wayne's mom. Six months ago, and I think it was uh, Super Bowl weekend when I learned Elaine was missing. And if you knew Elaine, she has a smile that lights up a room. Thank you, Rosemary. Um, and now I would like Elaine's mother um, to uh, please come up and say a few words. Thank you. I'm so thankful for the media gathered here today to spread awareness about Elaine's case, my only daughter. My gratitude cannot express in words. Glendale and Malibu friends and community members have been an incredible source of support in my dark times. Thank you everybody who's involved. Until now, we have not directly reached out to the public for support. Thank you. Again, I cannot stress enough how important it is for the public to come forward with any information that they may have regarding Elaine's disappearance. And sure enough, after this announcement, the tips come pouring in. I think I might have seen her um, at church. Uh, I go again this Thursday. If there is a woman, a young woman who looks like she could be her sister and she just looks just like her but i just I wanted to report a girl i seen the other day in north hollywood at the starbucks on lancashire boulevard i'm not sure if it's ellen elaine park i think i just saw elaine and a couple of friends pull out of tasty um the place is down on garden grove um I'm not sure. I'm at Elaine Park at uh, Venice Beach. She was at uh, Clubhouse Court, and this was uh, at the Del Monte Speakeasy, also Townhouse Nightclub. See her on the, uh, on the nightclub surveillance video. She's with uh, two white men and one white woman. We followed up on nearly every single tip and lead. Hello, Neil. This is uh, Neil Strauss. I got your tip on the Elaine Park tip line. Yeah, hi. My name is Jaden Brandt. I'm with Origin Investigations, and I'm calling about the uh, tip that you left regarding uh, Elaine Park. Oh, hi, DM. I'm returning your call from the Elaine Park tip line. Yeah, I guess I didn't understand your message, uh, and I've been listening, uh, kind of manning the tip line, and uh, I understand you say you've communicated. You followed up with people who just wanted to help. Uh, my colleague and I work together and find missing people. And he has some new technology that could be very helpful to you. Um, not asking for any money or any reward. Uh, just want to help. So 
and followed up with people who just wanted to take. Calling regarding the uh, reward, and I did communicate with the family, so um, if they could just send me a check under my name. We even followed up with those who claim special powers. This is not a tip. This is, um, I'm actually a psychic detective. I work with police. Um, I work with... Uh, this message is from a psychic. Uh, Elaine Park is dead. Her boyfriend... And we heard from some people who actually knew Elaine. I was a, a friend of Elaine's a couple years back. Um, and I was reading um, some I worked with Elaine at Dave & Buster's. Um, I was dating a girl who worked at Dave & Buster's who also worked with Elaine. Um, when Elaine went missing a few months back, um, I was having... When the tips seemed to have even the least bit of merit to them, we went out to search. I'm trying to find a good place high up, thinking like right there is good. Sometimes they took us to the streets of Venice, California. Where did you wait? Where did you like, wait? When they, you when they ran with her, I got behind them. Other times, they took us to national parks around Los Angeles, where we had to bring ropes and climbing gear. We were about to head down this cliff, cliff face. It's about a, it's a like 20-foot vertical drop, and then it kind of the 45-degree, pretty flat. Oh, for what it's worth, she was wearing black Doc Martens, a white sweatshirt, a white hoodie. Let's look for clothing, too. Yep, it's that uh, black trash bag. Um, right next to that log. All right, so I've kind of reached the bag now, about 10 feet away. There is, uh, the bag is ripped and there's like this fuzzy thing on the outside of the bag. I've reached the end of my rope. It's a, uh, it's a pillow. I do not see shoes. And then we received a tip that we thought was different from the rest. Oh my fucking god. This is it. This is it. Like, I, I, I like, I've been dead. This is it. Fucking crazy, dude. It's I fucking can't even crazy. believe it. When I, I just read your, I just read the text message. So I got chills. Me. Like, I have and tears in my eyes. Like, chills and tears. This tip, as expected, came from someone anonymous. Someone we felt was telling a fake story, but giving a real location, a very specific location and hoping to claim the reward anonymously. The person stated they'd been at Starbucks in Thousand Oaks and overheard Elaine's, quote, boyfriend speaking, saying that Elaine had been strangled in her car and been dumped on PCH to make it look like a suicide. The tipster then provided a map of where to find Elaine. They wrote, quote, if you look at where the boyfriend lives, you would have driven to the 101, to the 134, to the 210. When you exit Azusa, it will take you all the way to the Angeles National Forest. Follow it until you come to East Fork Road. That is the area where you will need to search. She is near the water, but not in it. Godspeed to all of you. But I guess what we can do is just follow that line and that pin and see how compelling it is to get some more people or dogs to return to it. Right, I mean, for me, yeah, see, I think that area where the pin is is almost just like right here. You reached out to the tipster for more information and they followed up with a pin of the exact location where they claimed Elaine was. I've like visualized find here. What's that? I've like visualized find here. Like up here? Like you? Just wherever. Right. Do you mean like? Just like, I mean, I'm talking to you now, but the few times like I've driven up ACH and looked, I like think I walk through what I'm going to do when I find her. And, right. You know, things like that. I don't know. 
So what's the... I mean, the, I've found bodies on ACH before. And you can bury somebody. And stupid dumb luck. We saw a car and we thought, oh, that car looks a little suspicious. We stopped. Looked a little more suspicious. We heard some noise. We walked out and think it's a guy and his two daughters. They're digging a grave for the wife's body that's in the trunk of the car. Oh, my God. He was going to kill the, the two daughters and toss Holy them all in the grave. No yeah. way. On ACH, yeah. Oh, God, that's so sad. Just dumb luck. Wow, man, you saved those girls' lives. We parked at a spot near the pin. There was a bridge that stretched over a small valley with a mostly evaporated stream running through the middle of it. The vegetation wasn't too thick, so it didn't seem impossible to search. I mean, like, just think, you're dumping a body here. I would be concerned that if I dumped it, it would As we searched, our emotions were intense and mixed. We were hoping, on one hand, to get closure and justice for Elaine, and on the other hand, fearing that the worst had happened to her. So, literally seven feet that way is where it ends. So you could, it's just simple to walk here or drag something here. We spent several weeks working this tip, searching with cadaver dogs, with Susan and Jeff, and by ourselves, and we found nothing. Yet the tipster kept insisting that Elaine was there. So we eventually convinced her to meet with us, and that's when we discovered her hidden agenda. She indeed hadn't heard anything at Starbucks, as we'd expected, but she wasn't in possession of inside information either. She was a psychic who feared her tip wouldn't be taken seriously and made up a non-psychic story. I was starting to realize that an investigation isn't a straight line. It's an endless roller coaster of hope and disappointment. And the secret to carrying on is that no matter how many disappointments you experience, you can never lose hope. Chapter 22, Hail Mary. Um, so I just, I just got a phone call from Glendale Police Department. That's Mike calling with an update from the detectives in charge of the case. As we looked into these tips, so too did the Glendale Police Department. As we continued to rent Elaine's room, the Glendale Police Department also continued to look into that angle. He just kind of said, look, you know, like, I was more hopeful that a few of these things that we're, like, working on were going to kind of pan out. You know, so far, like, nothing's really panned out the way that we wanted it to. Um, So he said that in the next few weeks that they're going to kind of go for what what he called a Hail Mary attempt. And he said that he's basically writing a search warrant for the house. Um, And then he said that it's not the sort of standard search warrant where you just go in and search the house. It's a warrant where they're going to be able to, like, rip the floor apart, uh, rip the walls apart. So he says that if they go that route, which he says they're planning on doing in the next couple weeks, um, that will be kind of up to the judge. If they, if they uh, based on the information that they present to the judge, whether or not the judge allows them to go in the house and do all that stuff. GPD said that the cadaver dog people were were amazingly helpful and gave very, very credible information to them. I mean, I can't think of any other reason why they'd want to go rip the house up. Finally, there was some movement from the police. With most of the tips researched, 
we were able to return to the investigation at hand. There was still a lot to be looked into. In particular, there were three things that we had been wanting to do but had been blocked from by various obstacles. This time, we decided to push a little harder. Number one, find Elaine's car. They subleased it. It's such a shame. Unless they haven't leased it yet. No, I asked him and her dad said, um, it's just too late. Jaden reached out to Ray, Elaine's father, to see if there was any way we could examine it. However, there was a new problem with the car. And I said, uh, you know, wanted to discuss um, Elaine's car. And he said, no, no, it, uh, I subleased it and it was uh, totaled. It was in a, it was in an accident? Yeah, yeah, totaled, gone. And I said, uh, okay, well, do you, you know, do you have any information about, you know, maybe it was taken to a body shop or the insurance? No, 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 it's, uh, it's, it's totaled, it's gone. He just kept saying, totaled, gone. Jaden ultimately tracked down the car. It had been in an accident, and it was up for auction. Our timing was almost perfect. He sent me the online link. So it was just barely totaled. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it looks like it's more on like the the left side of the car, right? That's weird. It doesn't look like there's a lot of paint transfer, or and the interior is very clean. Um, I mean, I know we can go down and look at the car anytime we want. Jaden made a bid on the car, and we won it. Elaine's Honda Civic was towed to my home, and I covered it and left it parked there while we determined the best way to examine it. What's that? It's Nick car. Nick car. Number two. Track down the Uber drivers, who outside of Divine are the last people we know to have seen Elaine before she disappeared. Hello? Oh. Hola, buenas noches. ¿Puedo hablar por, con Porfirio, Porfirio, por favor? Él habla. ¿Usted este, es el, el Uber driver? Sí. We managed to find both Uber drivers. The one that brought Elaine and Divine home from the movies stated that he didn't remember that evening and didn't recall anything of note taking place in his car around that time. However, the Uber driver that brought Elaine and Divine to the movies not only remembered the ride, He'd been following the case. So basically, he's the Uber driver. He said that, you know, that video when he shows that they're leaving, he says then there's some lights outside. That's my car. We asked him what he remembered about that night, especially anything Elaine or Divine may have done or said in his car. They were laughing a lot, and they were, they said, they, he, he seems like they were like drunk or something, that they were giggling a lot. And he was asking her, are you okay? And she was like, yeah. They were like laughing. Okay, so they weren't paying attention to their phone. Uh, he doesn't remember if she was charging her phone, but uh, he offered a charger, and then he said that they were kissing and making out and like very happy. And they were just like laughing, hugging. He was kissing right. her, they were kissing, and he was hugging her. In the video that shows the Uber arriving, Another car appears in the cul-de-sac just after Elaine exits the house. It's a car we haven't been able to identify yet, so we ask the Uber driver if he noticed it. It doesn't matter? Mm. Okay, that there were no other cars parked around there. Yeah. He was the only one. Though he doesn't remember that, if there's like any other cars coming in or out. Okay, well, muchas gracias. Thank you. Bye. 
And this leads to the third step we need to take, the biggest gap of information we have concerning Elaine's disappearance. And the one piece this whole investigation has been lacking. Number three. Hey guys, there? Yeah. We had Dana. Neil? Hey. So I just got a call about, uh, you know, half hour, 45 minutes ago from Shaquem that he is um, definitely going to uh, make Divine available to us to speak to. And he's going to also uh, tell Divine, emphasize to him to be forthcoming and, you know, honest with us. Thank you for listening. The reward discussed in this episode, due to the time-limited nature of some donations, stands now at $140,000. This means if you are listening and you have any information that leads to the discovery of Elaine Park's whereabouts, you can claim that reward. So make sure to call us at 213-204-2073, or you can email us anonymously at livediela at tenderfoot.tv. Meanwhile, we'll be taking a week off to follow up on several leads that have come in, and we'll return the following week with episode 11. Please note that this is still an active investigation, and the police have not named any suspects. Everyone mentioned should be presumed innocent. We are sharing the step-by-step documentary of our experiences while searching for Elaine Park with you in hopes that this podcast leads to justice for Elaine. When possible, I've posted images and videos that may help give you a visual picture of some of the information collected in each episode. You can find these on our social media accounts at LiveDieLAPod. To Live and Die in LA is a production of Tenderfoot TV and Neil Strauss in association with Cadence 13. Executive producers are myself, Donald Albright, and Payne Lindsay. Produced and edited by Tristan Bankston. Consulting producer, Alex Vespasted. And additional editing by Mariah Winter. Mixed and mastered by Cooper Skinner and Devin Johnson. Original music and score by Makeup and Vanity Set, with additional musical services by Tristan Bankston. The theme song is Love and War by Flurry. Cover design by Trevor Eiler. And special thanks to Chris Corcoran and the team at Cadence 13, Oren Siegel, Oren Rosenbaum and Grace Royer at UTA, The Nord Group, Station 16, and Beck Media and Marketing. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts.